from WOSU Public Media in Columbus, Ohio, this is Classical 101's Opera Abbreviated. I'm your host, Christopher Purdy. Let's face it, a work for the stage where people sing at one another in Italian in a setting of pyramids, pharaohs, pharaoh's daughters, and hieroglyphics could be ridiculous. Trust me, it's not. Welcome to the world of Giuseppe Verdi's Aida. Aida is the story of a captive Ethiopian princess living in fear as a slave at the pharaoh's court. She's in love with an Egyptian captain, her people's enemy, and the man is also loved by an Egyptian princess. It's a story both intimate and grand. The opera Aida is about royalty and was written for royalty, sort of. In 1870, Giuseppe Verdi, the composer of La Traviata, Rigoletto, and 15 other operas, many of them worldwide sensations, didn't need to work. He didn't need the money. He certainly didn't need the aggravation attached to launching any new opera. But he needed to be wanted. Ismail Pasha, the governor of Egypt, the Khedive, as a European-educated ruler, wanted to make Egypt a European power. Cairo was the jewel in his crown. The Khedive's funds were thought to be limitless. He'd built a new opera house in Cairo. If Paris, London, Vienna, Rome, and Milan had opera houses, so would Cairo. The opening of the Suez Canal in 1869 had brought Egypt into international play, the ruling British be damned. Ismail Pasha wanted a sensation for Cairo. He wanted Wagner, Gounod, or especially the most populist opera composer of the day, Verdi. The French Egyptologist Auguste Mariette, curator of the Egyptian collections at the Louvre, had an affiliation with Ismail Pasha's government. He wrote a scenario that was enough to tempt Verdi out of a comfortable, if boring, semi-retirement. Mariette's scenario became an Italian-language libretto written by Antonio Ghislanzoni. He was a journalist, a singer, and an actor. Ghislanzoni had known Verdi for years. He knew the composer was doing well living the country squire life. When I first met Verdi 20 years ago, his frail frame, pale face, sunken cheeks, and deep-set eyes aroused ominous fears. He was a man exhausted. Today, you find nothing in that countenance but glowing health and stability. However, Ghislanzoni knew that the Khedive's money and a good story or not, one had to get in line. Dispatches continued to arrive from every corner of the world, begging for operas, offering incredible sums of money, promising honors and triumphs. Egypt's new opera house, money, and Mariette's story got Verdi's creative juices flowing. He envisioned a love story set among the sands and the pyramids. There would be grandeur, spectacle, and an intimate drama. And it would start with a whisper. Aida's theme in the prelude.
then a love song. Chadeste Aida, heavenly Aida. That's Rodimus. He's the captain of the Pharaoh's guard. He's in love with Aida, who is a captive who serves the princess Amneris. You'd think that's very nice. Handsome young man in love with downtrodden woman. He's going to rescue her and they'll ride off on a camel into bliss. Right? This is opera. You don't say no to Amneris, the Pharaoh's daughter. She loves Rodimus. He does not love her. He loves her servant, Aida. Here's Verdi at his most dramatic. Three people, three emotions. Aida's fear and grief, Amneris imperious, Rodimus in love and torn. Everyone suspects everyone else. There's no room to reconcile. Aida is no servant. She is, in fact, the daughter of the king of Ethiopia. As a princess, she is Amneris's peer, but nobody knows Aida's status. She's a prisoner of the many wars between Egypt and Ethiopia. Amneris is ostentatiously kind to Aida, but she knows how Rodimus looks at her servant. The war between Egypt and Ethiopia is back on. Rodimus will lead the Egyptian army. Ritorna vincitor, the court cries out to Rodimus. Return victorious. joins the cheers, return victorious, against her father and her own people. Left alone, she's horrified. She loves her enemy.
Verdi gives us over five minutes, the public crying out for war and the private, Aida's grief as she chooses between her people and the man she loves. That man, Radames, is consecrated in the temple of Isis and prepares for war. Verdi is atmospheric and mysterious here as the priests chant and the high priest, Rumphus, leads the consecration. careful of Ramphis. He's the Ayatollah. There is a pharaoh in this opera, but he doesn't have much to do. Amneris doesn't represent the court. She is a woman in unrequited love. Ramphis and the clergy hold the authority. Egypt is victorious. A triumphal celebration is prepared. Amneris tricks Aida. She tells Aida Rodimus has been killed. Aida's devastation reveals the truth Amneris has long suspected. Aida loves Rodimus. She cries out, you love him? Well, I love him too. I, the daughter of the Pharaoh, and I have lied, slave. Rodimus lives. <laughs> will sit by the Pharaoh as the victorious army marches by. Rodimus will see me on the throne next to the king. You, slave, will be in the dust.
The triumphal scene of Aida is the one with the horses, chariots, and the elephants. Everyone loves elephants, but you don't need elephants for this scene. They tend to be loud, not to mention messy. Verdi's music gives the stage all the grandeur it needs. All of the populace is assembled. There are the Pharaoh and Amneris enthroned above everyone else. There are Rumphus and the high priests. There's Aida in the dust. Rodimus parades by every inch the victor. Prisoners of war are led in. Among them, Aida recognizes her father, Amonasro, king of Ethiopia. Do not betray me, he whispers to his daughter. No one must know I am the king. Nevertheless, it is Amonasro, the vanquished, who addresses the Pharaoh. You, O powerful king, look with mercy on these captives. Today we are brought low. Tomorrow it could be you. Radame steps forward. He asks that all of the Ethiopian prisoners be released. Ramphus and the priests object. Ramphus and the priests always object. A compromise is reached. Aida and the father will remain in Egypt. The rest may go. While we're at it, says the pharaoh, you, Radames, will marry my daughter Amneris. Together you will rule Egypt. Aida is destroyed. Radames isn't too happy himself. Amneris exults. Amonasro is already planning his revenge. 
Bread and circuses, the population rejoices. Ismail Pasha wanted spectacle, lots of martial music, choruses, brass, exotic sets and costumes, musical splendor. There is nothing more splendid in opera than the triumphal scene of Aida, elephants or no elephants. Now Giuseppe Verdi returns to intimacy. It's the night before Amneris is to marry Radames. Ramphis escorts the princess into the temple of Isis on the banks of the Nile. The princess will spend the night in prayer, and on the same riverbank, Aida waits for a last meeting with Radames, their farewell. All she can think of is her own homeland, Ethiopia. O patria mia, my beauty rivedro, O my country, I will never see you again. O cieli azzurri, O blue skies, soft breezes of my homeland, never, never will I see you again. After this aria, O Patria Mia, with its treacherous high sea, who should appear out of hiding but Amanasro? My daughter, the young Egyptian captain loves you. You love him. Get him to tell you where his armies are. Your people, my army, the Ethiopians, will surprise them and destroy them. This is your chance. Trick your boyfriend and save your country. Aida refuses. She can't make that leap until Amanasro curses her. You are no longer my daughter. You are the slave of the Pharaoh.
Aida gives in. Her father blesses her. Pensa che un popolo vinto straziato per te soltanto risorgere può. Remember that your people, conquered and suffering, can rise through you. This is one of the most beautiful lines in any Verdi opera. Trick Radames she does. Not even a commanding general can resist Verdi's seductive music. Come with me, back to my land, Ethiopia. Green, soft, fragrant, beautiful. We will be together forever. Far from war, far from here. Radames falls hard. The gorges of Napata. That's where the Egyptian army waits. Amanasro has overheard everything. Aida el padre et Ethiopia il re. I am Aida's father and Ethiopia's king. Radames has betrayed his country. He is inconsolable. Amanasro drags Aida away. Radames surrenders to Ramphus, who with Amneris has emerged from the temple. Sacerdote, io resto a te. Priest, I am your prisoner.
Omniris tries to save Rodimace. Marry me. Give up, Aida. Be with me. I will save you. He refuses. She does tell Rodimace the truth. Amonasro is dead. Aida has escaped. She may still be alive. Here's another Verdi masterstroke. Rodimus is tried offstage. The priests accuse him of treason. He is silent. He will not defend himself. Amneris is left alone on stage, and she's furious and heartbroken. Amneris is no villain. She's a rejected woman. She's used to having anything and everything she wants, and when it no longer works for her, she's without resources. She wants to save Rodimus, but the law and her own pride defeat her. Rodimus is entombed alive, but he's not alone. Aida comes out of the darkness to die with him. Finally, they can be together. An opera that begins with a whisper in the prelude... ends the same way, two lovers gently dying in each other's arms, leaving Amneris alone, praying for peace at last.
Aida had its world premiere in Cairo on December 24, 1871. It was reported that three boxes were needed to accommodate the Khedivis' wives. A sensational success was also reported. Verdi did not travel to Cairo. The European premiere at La Scala Milan the following February was his triumph. His mistress, the soprano Teresa Stoltz, sang Aida. But that's another story. And that's the final curtain on this edition of Opera Abbreviated from Classical 101, WOSU Public Media. I'm Christopher Purdy. For more information and for more podcasts, please go to wosu.org slash classical101.